Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Intellia stock is the topic of today's presentation. So if you're somebody that's invested in NTLA stock or thinking about investing in gene editing, then you'll want to watch this because we cover key metrics that you want to pay attention to for this company. Now, when it comes to avenues for gene editing, investing information, these are always very popular videos on our channel. And I think that's because um, the methods of getting information right now are rather limited. So you have SMEs. These would be subject matter experts. They often get caught up in the story. And because they're um, so knowledgeable, uh, they'll get lost in the technical details. And most people can't really follow that. So it's not very useful for Joe Retail Investor. Then you have financial analysts. Uh, Their fundamental data methods don't work very well pre-revenue. And what they tend to do is just hang on management's every words and pretty much parrot the company's um, bull thesis, right? Then you have the community approach, which is probably the best way forward. But the problem here is that it creates sacred cows. And what you'll see are these communities rising up around a particular stock that's very popular. And then what happens is that everybody starts betting the farm, putting all their eggs in one basket um, and explaining that away by, oh, I have high conviction. Well, it doesn't matter how high conviction you have. Investing a, a majority of your money in a single stock is just plain dumb. So our goal today is to explain things simply and show the work. Now, why is gene editing so popular? Well, Synthetic biology is the most exciting thesis we cover, and I like to use this this diagram here on the right, which shows all natural proteins, that little gray pixel, and then all possible proteins in pink. And the idea there is that because proteins are made up of combinations of amino acids, that you can change those combinations, and all the permutations of those uh, are all the things that you can create. And as a result of that, you can um, build new things all the way from manufacturing to healthcare. It's really quite remarkable. So that's the proteomics thesis. But a much bigger one is changing the recipe for life. So editing DNA. Since nature is the most powerful technology we know of, if we're able to successfully wield that, then we can do lots of exciting things. Then there's drug discovery, which has always been popular amongst retail investors, most who have probably heard the term blockbuster drug, and half of whom live in one of two countries where drugs can be advertised on TV. That's the United States. And when they understand just how much money drug companies make, they want a piece of that. And also there's the emotional appeal. So many of us can relate, whether that's directly or indirectly, to the problems being solved. So my grandmother had Alzheimer's or my grandpa died of cancer. In both cases, that's true for myself. So I understand why people would find um, cures to diseases to be very appealing theses. And the volatility and uncertainty caters to the emotional... Uh, attraction towards uncertain rewards. And psychologists have studied that and found that we prefer uncertainty over certain rewards. And what that ends up leading towards is a dangerous situation. You get a very exciting thesis that's extremely risky. And there's no guarantee of anything. So our last video on CRISPR, people were making comments like, oh, this thing's going to grow like a weed or it's going to uh, be the next rocket ship. Uh, We see a lot of these cheerleaders, and I think that 
Um, they're well-intentioned. They don't know any better because many are newbies, but um, there's no, there's nothing certain at all because the thesis is so complex and so uncertain. It's actually the only case where we've made multiple bets, and one of the bets we've made is on Intellia. And I wanted to stop here for a second and just ask you uh, to support this channel so we don't run ads. We need your help to support it. Sign up to our newsletter, and you can do that. I'm going to put the link to our newsletter. It's free in the description of this video at the top. Please just pause the video, click on that link, sign up to our newsletter. And I'll tell you next week what we'll do is we'll tell you the other two bets that we've made in gene editing. So make sure you sign up to our newsletter for that. So let's talk about Intellia. When you go to their investor deck, they just put one out in uh, this month, actually. And it's quite good. It, you can follow it. It's not too technical. And this slide here, this paragraph, they say, first and only company to demonstrate successful systemic CRISPR gene editing in humans. You might say, well, that's not the case, right? We have... CRISPR Therapeutics, which is just about ready to commercialize their first drug. Well, the hint here is in this term in vivo, which means inside the body. And you can see these articles here from Science and FT. CRISPR injected into the blood treats a genetic disease for the first time. CRISPR gene editing revolution treats internal organ for first time. And in the case of CRISPR Therapeutics, what they're doing is they're um, actually uh, taking out uh, I believe it's bone marrow and then modifying that and then putting it back into the patient. So that's very different from just giving somebody a single injection. It's also quite expensive. Now, when you look at the pipeline for Intellia, here you can see the two uh, segments. So you have in vivo on top and ex vivo on the bottom. And when you go through that deck, you see that they're very focused on talking up the in vivo. And that's obvious here when you look at their three lead candidates. You have the one at the top there, NTLA 2001. And then you have two others that I've highlighted there for hemophilia. Uh, we're going to focus mainly on that first one. And when you look at this pipeline, there's certain questions that come up. So um, uh, firstly, we see there's three lead candidates. That's what we want to pay attention to because any problems there can be indications of systemic problems with their platform. Now, when we see that they have a single company that's a partner on all three leads, the question there is what sort of resources does Regeneron have? Uh, I, I also had a question around what's a knockout versus an insertion. Uh, is the lead indicator direction significant at all? So you can see how uh, the word lead there is pointing in different directions. And I think that um, we've figured out why that is. We'll talk about that in a second. So NTLA 2001, that's the furthest ahead. That's the one we want to keep a close eye on and better understand. So when we look at this slide, we see that they talk about single dose. We understand how it's being administered. And then they say here, potential for permanent gene knockout or gain of function by targeted insertion. So it's just two different methods of using uh, CRISPR gene editing, whether you're removing a gene or you're adding one. Uh, capable of delivering to multiple tissue types, so that's rather interesting. And when we look at the lead lead candidate, NTLA 2001, it's for this ATTR amyloidosis. Now, Things start to get technical very quickly, so we want to try to highlight uh, what's going to keep this simple. So it says that this particular disease is caused by accumulation of TTR protein. So it's a misfolded protein that starts to accumulate. When that happens, chronic dosing is required with current treatment options. So it's an expensive 
uh, disease. If you have it, then you have to get regular treatments. That's inconvenient and expensive. Their approach is to knock out the TTR gene with a single-dose CRISPR-based treatment. Simple, right? Uh, it's going to halt and reverse the disease, and they expect lifelong stable TTR reduction. So the problem's been solved. Now, we understand the value proposition. So what's the target market? Well, they describe a large commercial opportunity with significant unmet need. That means that they'll be able to advance this rather quickly if there's, uh, there isn't already a, uh, a therapy that works or it's very expensive. In this case, they said, well, it costs $450,000 a year for existing TTR reduction therapy. So you could do a a net present value of that and see just how much it's going to be a lot of money. And then you look at CRISPR therapeutics and their pricing a couple million dollars and say, well, that's actually cheap, all things considered. Now, when you look at prevalence here, uh, immediately we've noticed four acronyms. So we don't like that because it starts to get too technical. But let's look at the first two. So you have a patient population of 50,000 for ATTRV. Well, we can look up a simple definition for that. It says, hereditary ATTRV is a progressive disabling fatal disease. Okay, that's a problem because if it's going to kill you, then it doesn't matter if the therapy has bad side effects. You'll try it, right, because you want to live. Then there's this other patient population, much, much larger, 200 to 500,000 patients worldwide. That's described as ATTRWT. The WT stands for wild type. And it's age-related and mainly affects the heart. Okay, we understand that. Then we see these other two acronyms. And the takeaway for this one, ATTRCM, it says life expectancy two to seven years after diagnose, uh, diagnosis for patients. That's not good, right? So you'll probably want to be seeking out a, a new treatment if it's going to kill you that quickly. Now, when we look at the study that Intellia has done here, this NTLA 2001 phase one study. So that's early on in the drug development life cycle. This is pretty intuitive. See the N equals 72 on the right? That's the number of patients. And then you see this quadrant, okay, single ascending dose escalation. So you can see how what they did is they took 0.1 milligrams per kilogram of, of the person being tested, and they did that for three people. Then they escalated up to 0.3 milligrams per kilogram for three people, and you see that escalation, okay? And then this dose expansion. Presumably, they're just taking those 21 people, and um, I would reckon the 56 or 55 milligrams for some and 80 for the others. But it doesn't matter too much on the technical details. The bigger number is what's important, 72 people. And presumably they've done this uh, phase one study a while ago so that they've had a chance to monitor and observe these people. And indeed we can see here this timeline. So here's the success of that. You see where it's highlighted their baseline? Well, that's where they started, and look how quickly it dropped, and that drop is sustained over time after that single treatment. And look at the chart on the right there. See how it says 0.3 mg per kg, n equals 3, and they have that. Um, all the patients except that are 12 months, and that one extends to 24. That's probably likely a study that they did where uh, those are the earliest patients they treated. So they actually have data, it looks like, for three patients for, what, two years, right? So we're trying to reduce TTR, and it looks like that's working. So what next? Well, when we look at the cash that they have left, they've got $992 million in cash. They're burning $100 million a quarter, so they've got about, what, two years left. And we look at their key near-term milestones, 
and we see the, the one we just discussed, presented additional clinical data from the ongoing phase one study by year end. So they've done that. That phase one study is still ongoing. They're still observing those patients. But look at this third one here. It says, and it's, it's a, it's a checkbox, but it's not checked yet. It says, initiate a global pivotal trial for ATTRCM. Okay. Remember that previous slide, it says two to seven years after diagnosis is the life expectancy for these people. So they're going to have this global pivotal trial that implies it's a big deal by this year end. And when we look at what ATTRCM is, uh, this description here, it says it occurs when your liver produces these faulty proteins. Okay. Clumps of these proteins build up in your heart's main pumping chamber. Well, that's not good. And your left ventricle becomes stiff and weak. This cardiomyopathy makes it harder for your heart to pump blood to your body. Heart failure can occur. So it's pretty easy to understand, right? So this study that they're going to do is phase three. And it's, I think when they get to phase three studies, at least from what I've seen, they always seem to name them. So this one's named magnitude. And it says it's a randomized study to evaluate NTLA 2001 in um, 765 patients. So you see the N on the left. That's a lot of patients. And then it says... Um, randomization two to one. That means that for every three patients they recruit, two have been allocated to the less expensive treatment. And you can see the, the flow here. Um, so two will go to placebo and one will go to the NTLA 2001 single 55 milligram IV infusion. Okay, so they're being treated. And then they look at the output of that. And because it's pivotal, it's likely that as a result of this, they're expecting to, if it's positive, right, positive outcomes, they're expecting to move forward with commercialization. Now, the other term used here, this double blind, so it says randomized double blind placebo controlled. So the placebo is just nothing, right? They give uh, uh, two of the people nothing and one person uh, the actual treatment says for double blind, neither the subjects nor the experimenters know which subjects are in the test and control groups during the course of the experiment. Okay, so this study is going to be kicked off by the end of this year, they say, and um, we'll ex be waiting to, to hear the results of that. And that's what investors need to be paying attention to. It's that simple. And you can start going down their pipeline and looking at other things, but this is what you need to be paying attention to. Now, when we look at their key partner for this study, for this uh, lead candidate, it's Regeneron. They invent, develop, manufacture, commercialize medicines for treating various diseases worldwide. $87 billion company. You can see their revenues and earnings here. So they're selling lots of drugs. They have $14 billion in cash. So they have lots of resources to move this thing forward once it becomes commercialized. And when you look at the agreement between Regeneron and Intellia, you see here that it was um, first put together in 2016. And Regeneron selected the first of its 10 targets, which was this ATTR. And it's subject to a co-development and co-promotion agreement, similar to CRISPR Therapeutics, right? Except in this case, Regeneron shares in approximately 25% of worldwide development costs and commercial profits. So Intellia is taking the lion's share of profits and costs, right? So it's important to pay attention to their cash. But in the case of CRISPR, they had 40% and their partner, I think it was Vertex, had 60%. So this third bullet point, companies that are currently commercializing, uh, commercializing or developing products and therapies used to treat ATR, and then it lists a whole bunch of names there. I'm not familiar with the uh, competitive situation, and in our CRISPR video, we looked at Bluebird and uh, talked about the merits of that competing treatment, but um, 
That's something we're not going to get into today. But uh, just to conclude, having a subject matter expert interpret the thesis is usually not a good idea because it gets too technical. You want to come away from this presentation having a basic understanding that you can explain to your grandma. Uh, Intellia has a unique promise for an exciting thesis that can have more than one winner. That's why we invest in the firm. Now, fingers crossed there's no bad news and we're just going to wait for another year. And in this presentation, we've shown our work. So taking the community approach, uh, please feel free to check our math. I'm going to put up another video here we did recently, a very popular one on CRISPR therapeutics. Before I do that, please click the Nanolyze logo on the right and subscribe to our channel. Support our work. Like this video, please. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanolyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.